Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and if you're really spiritual tonight, why don't you put a marker in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So great. Feels good doing church at night, doesn't it? Just one person? Thanks, Chan. Love you. I'm going high tech tonight. I've moved away from my MacBook. I've moved away from it and I'm now I'm just I'm just got the iPad. I'm removing the security blanket, people. <laughs> All right, here we go. You there yet? Tell me if you're there. First Corinthians chapter three. Click there, turn there. Use your stylus to get there. Paul says this, he says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, everybody say, I planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for the power of your word this this evening, Father. As we gather as a church at night. Lord, thank you that your word changes the lives of people. Lord, thank you that your word, it pierces soul and spirit. Lord, it never returns void. So, Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. Lord, we pray you'd speak to us. Lord, I pray it would be your words, not mine tonight. And a faith-filled church said together, Amen. I planted, Apollos watered, but God brings the increase. God brings the harvest. God brings the miracle. God draws people to Himself via His Spirit. God is the Lord of the harvest. We're in a series at the moment, and I'm really excited, called I Know a Guy. And it's just a simple idea that in life, we get to this place where, you know, no matter what, whether we got something going on and we need something fixed, we're either, we either know the guy who can help us or we're just one relationship step away from someone who knows the guy. And it's so funny in our Christian journey when we get saved, when we come into contact with this perfect love called Jesus, all of a sudden it's like, man, I just want to tell everyone about the guy. I just want to tell everyone about this Jesus. I want to tell everyone about what's happened in my life. And then we kind of just go a little bit further along in the journey. A few more seasons to come. Maybe it's familiarity. Maybe it's just the fact that we've been doing it for so long, going and rolling in and out of church for so long. But it's just like the the further along we get, the, the less likely we are to tell people about the guy. 
But the problem is, it's the guy who doesn't just fix the problem that I have with my car or maybe some system I got at my house. See, this guy that I know, he not only can help me with my stuff, with the things that I have, the issues that I have in life, but he also can save my life. (laughs) Come on, somebody. He can also save my life. He can rescue my life. He can heal my life. And ultimately, he can change my life. Who's thankful tonight? We serve a God who changes, who rescues, who heals, who changes the game. Come on. I know a guy. I know a guy. Matthew chapter 4, I talked about being a fisher of men, being an angler for Jesus, for being able to be the type of people where we just, we've got to go fishing for people. We've got to draw that thread out in people. We've got to see what's going on. And then we went to the salt and light part of what Jesus talks about in Matthew 5. And how, man, when it comes to salt life, I want to live my best salt life. I want to see salt littered everywhere in my life. I want salt to be a theme in my life. And I don't know about you, but I thought Jill did an incredible job last week preaching on light. Come on, let's give it for Jill and that message. Uncommon light. Uncommon light leading to uncommon conversations, leading to uncommon relationships, leading people to an uncommon God. Amazing. So we're in a series about evangelism. Why? Because it's central to who we are. Not just as Christians, but I believe our church. See, we are an invite to church type of church. (laughs) We're a come to church with me type of church. We are a I know a guy, so come with me to church type of church. You get the picture? It's our culture, it's our DNA, it's just us. You may have been brought here today to church, (laughs) tonight. Someone may have brought you along. We're glad you're here. But the reason why we bring people is because it's core to the Christian belief. It's foundational that simply because of a relationship with God via Jesus, we believe this, it's for everyone. It's for everyone single person. We serve a God who's not religious. We serve a God who's not out to get you. We serve a God who is not wanting to penalize you or punish you. We serve a God who just loves people. (laughs) We serve a God who just loves people. We have a Savior who does just that. He saves. See, if God wanted to condemn the world, He would have sent a condemner to the world. But He sent a Savior because He wants to save the world. He just loves people. And so therefore, we have a mandate on our church to love people. We love people. So tonight, what I wanted to do is I wanted to look at this text. And if you're looking for a title, the message tonight, the title is Dirt and Water, because what Paul is saying is so profound, but so simple at the same time. He's addressing the church in Corinth, and these were eclectic believers, and this city was bustling and hustling and kind of crazy. And this church was growing up in their maturity, but he was addressing something that was kind of trivial. He says, who cares who watered? Who cares who planted? The point is God brings the increase. Don't try to put the the attribute, don't, don't try to put the performance on a person. Remember, it's all God. So four things tonight for us about dirt and about water that we need to know. The first is this, I am called to sow. I don't know if you know that tonight. But I love it if you could write this down. I sow because everyone needs to know. 
I sow because everyone needs to know. There's a tendency in church culture today <laughs> to leave the evangelism to the professionals. What is all that about? To leave it to the professionals, you know, the people, oh man, these guys are like, you know, they're tucked away in a corner and they do the street ministry and they're the ones that, that really go after the people and that's what they do. No, 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 no. See, the difference between, I guess, me and you is this. I'm the pastor of the church and my job is not to do all the evangelism. It's actually your job to do the evangelism. It's your job. For some people, they sit there and they're like, well, that's what his job is. No, it's not my job. You're pointing the finger at me, and I'm standing here pointing the finger at you. My job is to, and our team, our job is to equip the saints for the ministry. What is the ministry? The ministry is reconciliation, bringing people back to God, pointing people to God, seeing that people come in those doors and know that a God loves them. I think it's caught in our vision statement. We're going to put it up on the screen so everyone can can look at it. it says to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church whose focus is Jesus and mission is to what? Welcome people home. So what that says is Jesus is our focus. Jesus is our pathway. We believe that everything funnels through Jesus. The only exclusive thing about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is that name. Everything else is inclusive. That's what we believe. Jesus is the focus. But that what comes with that focus is, thank God, we are saved and we are called because what comes with that is our mission. And our mission is to welcome people home. Come on. Welcome people home. That's our mission. So I'm called to sow. People need to know. So I sow. I sow whenever I can because people need Tonight, I want to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, but this time I want to read it in the message translation because I love what it says. It says, who do you think Paul is anyway, or Apollos for that matter? Listen to it. Servants, both of us, servants who waited on you as you gradually learned to entrust your lives to our mutual master. We each carried out our servant assignment, and he says this, I planted the seed. I planted the seed. I wonder if you're a person who plants seeds Spiritually speaking, in this place, in the mums groups, do you plant a seed? Do you sow? In the, in the corporate world, are you sowing? In the, in, the, in, the, in the public life, in the corporate office, are you sowing? Are you thinking about it? You know, like, I, I need to sow. Everywhere I go, I want to sow. I want to sow. I want to sow. Because maybe that person just needs someone to sow a seed just need someone to say, hey, God loves you. There's a God in heaven who loves you. There's a man that I know, his name is Jesus, and he died for you. Changes the game, sowing a seed, which leads me to my next point, which is this. Point number two, I'm called to water. See, sowing and watering are two completely different things. And I believe that's why Paul points it out. He distinguishes between the two. He says, I planted, Apollos watered. Why does he do that? Why does he make the distinction? Because they're two different things. But in God's economy, they're the same thing. Reaching people. <laughs> Reaching people. You don't get more or less in heaven because you did one or the other. 
You just get an opportunity and we need to be the type of people that take the opportunity whenever it's given to us. Whenever we get the opportunity, whenever we come into contact with some person, the opportunity is sow a seed or water. Sow a seed or water that seed. See, I don't know about you, but sometimes we come alongside people and we see, man, there's definitely been a seed sowing. What's my job in this situation? Nothing? No, it's your job to water. It's your job to water and keep watering. I love what he says. He says, he who plants and he who waters are one. There's no differentiation. We're just called to do one or the other depending upon the circumstances. Maybe right now the Holy Spirit's pointing out a person to you right now. Maybe you could just ask yourself, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to sow a seed or do you want me to water? I believe in every single situation unless, until a person has accepted Christ as one or the other. It's one or the other. Are you with me, friends? It's one or the other. They either need the seed sown or they need someone to water the seed. There are some who prefer to sow. There are some who prefer to water. We just got to commit to doing whatever is necessary for that person. I want to be the type of pastor and I want to pastor the type of church that we look at a person, if they're away from God, we make a decision. What do they need? What does it look like? Does it, need, does it mean an encouraging word? Does it mean I've got to try to drag them into church? Does it mean that I just need to tell them that God loves them? Because when I get the opportunity, I can sow a seed of faith and life or I can look at what's already been done and then just water that seed. And then just keep watering and keep watering and keep watering and keep watering. Because we are a church, just so you know, FYI, we don't give up on people. We don't give up on people. If someone's away from God and they're continually away from God, we're just going to keep watering. We're just going to keep watering. Give me the hose. Give me the bucket. Give it to me. I just want to keep watering. Because I know... It's not about whether I plant. It's not about whether I water. It's about God who brings the increase. Number three, making it real simple tonight. I should sow more. (laughs) When it comes to dirt, when it comes to water, I'm called to sow, I'm called to water, but I should do more sowing. If we don't sow very much, how can we expect very much? I mean, is anyone with me tonight? 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 in the New Living Translation says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You could look at that verse and say, well, man, that's, 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 that's related to your finances. But could it also be related to us sowing a seed in the spirit realm? Could it also be related to us when we view people? When it comes to the people in our world, do we, if we sow sparingly, will we reap sparingly? I believe it's, it's our church's mission to continually sow. Continually sow. Be continually planting seeds wherever we go. Continually telling our story. See, these days, I mean, early in my journey, you know, I'll be honest with you. I used to struggle to tell my story because, man, I just, you know, I just was doing everything I could. I didn't know how people would react. And it used to be a hard thing for me to tell my story. Honesty time. Is that okay? But that's why I would go to church. That's why I would go to Connect Group. 
That's why we need to go to essentials because we get built up in our faith. We get the opportunity to practice telling our story. And then when we go out into the world, our muscle of faith has been used. Our muscle of faith has a little bit to it. So then we can actually boldly tell our story. These days, I just do whatever I can to slip in my story. <laughs> Drives my wife crazy, I'm sure. Anytime I meet someone for the first time, I want to know about their family. I want to know about the, you know, what, what, I want to know about their kids. I want to know what, about what they do. I want to know about the stuff that's happening, but I'm trying to get in my story. I'm trying to sow a seed. And if I can tell that the seed's already been sown, I'm trying my best to water it. I'm just trying to get it in there and I'm, I'm almost obnoxious about it. <laughs> you can say, well, yeah, that's easy because you're a pastor. No, but I wasn't always a pastor up until about two years ago. <laughs> I want to sow as much as I can. I want to get my story in. I want to tell people how amazing God is. That's why in these cards, I don't know if you've noticed, but this is what sowing a seed looks like in real time. If I could get a card, I don't have a card. Maybe it's in this one. That's why we give you these cards because this is an opportunity to sow a seed in someone's life. It says on the back, you may not be able to measure God's love, but you certainly can experience it. It's just a quote. It's just something that I saw. Actually, a friend of mine who pastors a church in Brooklyn, New York, had it. And I asked him if we could use it for this series. And he said, of course, take it. He's a kingdom-minded, spirited person who just wants to sow all the time as well. We put these on the back of the card because we want you to give that to someone. And then they read it and maybe that's a seed that's been sown. And if it's not a seed that's been sown, I absolutely believe it's an opportunity to water that seed that's already been sown. I wonder how often you sow. I wonder how often you let discouragement stop you from sowing. Maybe someone didn't respond great one time. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? I'm going to be honest with you. I invite people to church all the time. But I'm going to be honest again. Not everyone comes. Not everyone says yes. I can be pretty persuasive. I bribe people to come to church. I pay them cash. I don't really. But kookaburra gift vouchers sometimes work. But I wonder if you're sowing a seed. I wonder if you're trying to plant. I wonder if you're just trying to get your story in there. The goodness of God. The grace that overcame your life. Even just mentioning it to a person, that's sowing a seed in their life. That's showing them a different perspective on God. They come into contact with you and you're talking about grace and favor and God's mercy. And they're like, what? Really? And they walk away from that conversation and they don't know it, but a, a seed has been sown. A seed has been sown and we know what God does with seeds. I love this saying, anyone can tell you how many seeds are in an apple, but only God knows how many apples are in a seed. So when you sow a seed, friend, can I encourage you tonight? When you sow a seed, don't underestimate the power of what you've just done. Don't underestimate the power of sowing that seed in that person's life because you never know what God We'll do with it. Amen. And the fourth point tonight is this. I should water often. I should sow as much as I can. And I should water as much as I can. 
We just don't know when God's going to bring about a harvest in a person's life. (laughs) See, watering is encouraging people. Watering is speaking words of life into people. That's watering. Watering is pointing people to God's best for their life. Maybe you get the opportunity, someone's doing something with their life in the lifestyle decision, or maybe they're doing something that's away from God's best, pointing them back towards God's best. That's watering. (laughs) That's watering. Reminding people that church is for them is watering. Reminding people there's a community of faith that loves them, that's watering. Reminding people that God is for them, not against them, that's watering. Reminding them that Jesus loves them, that's watering. Reminding them that church is just ready to welcome them home, that's watering. And we never know what the watering will do and where it will lead to. See, that's the kingdom mindset that Paul is talking about. He's saying it's not about who does this or who does that. It's not about what their name is. doesn't matter what their background is. doesn't matter how good they are or what they do. doesn't matter how great their Greek or their Hebrew is. doesn't matter what seminary they went to or they didn't do. It's about what God can do in their life. It's about what God can do when it comes to their lives. It's about what happens to that person. And I don't have time to go into it, but if you look at Acts chapter 9, maybe tomorrow you can read it in your quiet time, but read Acts chapter 9. It's the chapter in the book of Acts where, uh, (laughs) not Jesus, where Paul is thrown on the road by Jesus. And a couple of verses before, he's binding Christians up and throwing them in jail. And then the next moment, He's overcome by the goodness of God. He's overcome by everything that God is to him. And he goes through this transformation and completely changes to a matter of verses in Acts. And he's boldly preaching Jesus. He's boldly preaching Jesus to the Jews. It's incredible. And that's the mindset that he's telling the Corinthian church. He's saying it doesn't matter about background. It doesn't matter about how good or how not good you are. Sow the seed. Water it if you can. Watch what God does. I love it if you could write this down. Some truth for us tonight. My job is to sow often and to water often. And this is God's job. His job is the timing and the outcome. The timing and the outcome. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, just a few chapters before, he says this, Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in, in a favorable time I listened to you. In a day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no, no fault may be found with our ministry. Oh man, I love it. We plant and we water. Why? Because we make sure and we want to make sure as a church, just so you know, we never want to put obstacles in front of people. We never want to put obstacles in front of someone who is just on the cusp of maybe believing in Jesus. And I love that we get to be a part of what God does. It's pretty cool if you think about the sequence of events here. See, God, He's the one who gives us the seed. We then get to sow the seed. That's step number two. Step number three is we get to maybe potentially water the seed in a person's life. If we get the opportunity, maybe someone comes to us and that's our opportunity to water. But then the final thing, it goes back to God. 
It's his responsibility. I don't know about you, but that is not lost on me. That it's the God of heaven, the Lord of the harvest. He's the one who provides the seed in the first place. And then he says, hey, why don't you guys be a part of it too? Why don't you, the church, be a part of this miracle work that I'm doing? Step two and step three, and then I'll take care of the rest. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place if you believe it. He's a life-changing God, and He wants to do a miracle story in people's lives. See, we don't know the outcome. We just have to play our part. We don't know the timing, but we just have to do our part. We just have to accept the call. Team, if you want to come back up. To reap a harvest in a person's life comes sometimes after other people have sown. Sometimes it comes when other people have watered. I think about my own life, and it's just my life, but there were definitely times where people had sown a seed of faith, where people had sown a seed, just like what's on the back of those cards, that somehow there's a God in heaven, the creator of the universe, somehow cares about me. A seed was sown. But then there were other times in my life where it wasn't about someone sowing a seed. It was about someone coming alongside me and watering that seed, helping me a little bit further along on the journey, helping me go a little bit further. And man, I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for those people. I'm so grateful for the people, even though I was immature, like the people in Corinth were immature, but they had Paul, they had Apollos that were right alongside them, watering right alongside them, helping, right alongside pointing them back to church, right alongside pointing them to the grace of God, to that name above all names. It's so cool. We have to be the type of people to just trust God and sow. Trust God and water. And then trust God and sow again. And then trust God and water. And then trust God and sow. And just keep doing it over and over and over and over again. And you could look at this and say, well, how does the law of multiplication that we read about in the Bible, the way God multiplies, how does that work here? Well, the thing is, it does. Because when we sow a seed, we have no idea what God is going to do with that seed. We have no idea what's going to happen in that person's life in the future. We may never see them again, but we planted a seed. We may never see that person or even talk to that person again. We may not even be able to Instagram stalk them anymore. Maybe they're gone forever, but that's not the point. The kingdom of God, God's in control. God knows what's happening. God has a plan for that person. We're just playing our part. I wonder if you've ever heard of a guy called Edward Kimball. Maybe you've never heard of this guy called Edward Kimball, we're going to put his picture up on the screen, I think, so everyone can see. He was a few different things, but one of the things he was, was a Sunday school teacher. He taught Sunday school to kids, told kids that God loves them. He told just ordinary kids that Jesus loved them, that, that the blood that was shed on the cross was for them as well. And one day, Edward Kimball witnessed or sowed a seed to a shoe salesman named D.L. Moody. And he told him just how much God loves him, and D.L. Moody that day accepted Christ. 
D.L. Moody was then set on fire for God and he was preaching one day. His whole ministry began and then a guy came up by the name of Frederick B. Meyer and he got saved. And this guy, Frederick B. Meyer, he became an evangelist. His ministry started to explode. He started to preach. And in one of his services, just one of the many services this guy did in his life, a guy called Wilbert Chapman got saved. (laughs) And this guy, Wilbert Chapman, on fire for God, began his ministry, began to preach, began to teach, began to speak into people's lives, began to sow seeds and water seeds. And then this guy, Wilbert Chapman, just happened, just happened one day to minister to a baseball player named Billy Sunday. And then Billy Sunday accepted Christ and then he went on and began his ministry. He began his ministry, began doing crusades. He did a crusade one time in North Carolina. Thousands of people went. Thousands of people at this crusade. And then when it was over, they, they, they contacted him and they said, will you come back and do it again? But his schedule was so full he couldn't. So he sent this guy called Mordecai Ham. And Mordecai Ham goes back to North Carolina to preach a revival, but hardly anyone shows up. Hardly anybody shows up to this revival. And no one gets saved except one kid. Guess what that kid's name was? Billy Graham. When we sow a seed, we just don't know what God's going to do with the increase. When we sow a seed, we just don't know what God's going to do with the growth. When we sow a seed, it's God who brings the increase. It's His power. It's not our power. It's His responsibility. It's not our responsibility with the outcome or the timing. Just from one seed. And we all know the story. Reverend Billy Graham rises up in ministry. God anoints his life to preach crusades and millions of people. In fact, Australia was close to 5% of the country said yes to Jesus because of his crusades over an eight-week period. (laughs) One seed. Come on, would you stand with me? I don't know if that builds your faith tonight, but it sure builds mine. When I speak to one person about Jesus, I don't know what God's going to do. But the point is that I have to do it. See, if God can use a Sunday school teacher to minister and share the gospel with a shoe salesman, what can He do with you? What can He do with the people in your world? What can He do with the people that He's put around you in your sphere of influence? Let's be people who sow seeds, amen? Lord, we just thank you for this word tonight, God. Father, I just thank you that it's your words, Lord. Thank you that when Paul wrote that down and he said that it's not about what I do, it's not what about Apollos does, but it's God who brings the increase. Lord, we thank you tonight, Father, that you are Lord of the harvest. Lord, thank you that you want to reach people, that you love people, God. You want to know people, Lord. Thank you that it's you who draws people to yourself. So, Lord, tonight as we continue this series, Lord, as we consider who you have for us on our hearts to sow a seed, Lord, thank you, Father, that you've already gone before us, Lord. Lord, you already have a plan. 
that you want to change lives, God. We believe for miracles in Jesus' name. Lord, we believe for amazing testimonies in Jesus' name. Lord, we begin for people's hearts to soften in Jesus' name. Lord, we begin for amazing confrontations to happen in Jesus' name and conversations to take place in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.